but can't distinguish faces or individual words on screens. I was going to speak to Carol this morning and ask what she, her life is like with her difficulties, um, but uh, she's not here. But we actually live in a world of darkness. We only have to listen to the news and know that there isn't a lot or doesn't appear to be much goodness in the world. I think part of that prob the problem for that is that the news people will only give us the bad news. There's not much good news. But we do have a place where there is good news. There's always good news in this, in the Bible. So I brought some things along to help me today. I was hoping there'd be a few more children about, but there are not. Um, so I wonder if, uh, James, would you just get out what's in that bag for me, please? Thank you. Oh, what's that? A happy birthday candle, right. There we go. Let's get your dad to light it. I'm no good at lighting things with matches. Could be here all morning while we do that. <laughs> so, I hope that doesn't fall over in the wind. Uh -huh. And I'm hoping the fan doesn't blow this out as well. So, a bit of light. Smell the match now as well. Um, not much light though. Doesn't give off much light of its own accord. That was me touching the thing, sorry. <laughs> it's very sensitive. Um, yeah, it's not, it doesn't give off much light, but if we're in a really dark room, even one candle would bring some light. It only lights up a small area. But then it's no good, the Bible says to us, it's no good putting the light under a bushel or under a, covering it up. Luke 8 verse 16 says, no one lights a lamp and hides it in a jar or puts it under a bed. I suppose it'd keep you warm under the bed. I'm not quite sure what else it would do under there. Instead, he puts it on a stand so that those who come in can see the light. If there were many candles, there'd be more light. I know I've been round Aston Hall by candlelight, and they've got lots of candles, but it's still quite dim um, in there. And if we put lots of candles next to each other, I saw an experiment once or a demonstration where people put a row of matches next to each other and um, lit the first match and it then lit the other matches because they were close together and it brought more light and more heat. And that's what we need to do as a fellowship. We need to be next to each other. We need to be fellowshipping with each other. Uh, Hebrews 10 verse uh, 25 says, Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing. But let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. I'll try not to touch it this time. So, let me just blow this out before it burns anything. So... Um, who can I pick on next? Would somebody like to come and open this bag? Oh, go on, Luke, you can then. <laughs> Let me know what's in there. 
Mm. <laughs> Thank you. What's that? Do you know what that is? Torch. Torch. I have a bag back. Thank you. A torch. Mine's not very good, and it doesn't. Oh, it does work. Um, it also gives light, but it only lights up the path ahead, just a small distance usually. Uh, I used this when I was camping last week or the week before, and you can't see a long distance with it, but you can see where you're going. It's also useful when we've got no lights in the house trying to find the fuse box. Um, but when you're outside, it doesn't reach very far. Psalm 119, verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And the lamps in Bible days were a lot less strong than a torch. They threw even less light. Um, and they didn't light up much of the pole pathway. But they just show you the next place to put your foot. Proverbs 20, verse 24 says, A man's steps are directed by the Lord. We need to allow God to direct our lives. And when he does that, he'll usually show us only the next step. And that's sometimes frustrating, I know. He won't give us the whole picture. But reading his word will be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. We'll know the way we should go and what we should be doing for the Lord. Are we actually letting or allowing God to lead us step by step? Another hard thing to do. I think that requires patience and trust uh, because we, don't, we like to know more than what's next, don't we? Okay, I have... Another bag. We'll have somebody other than Luke this time. Anybody else want to come and see what's in the bag? No. Go on then, you Tisha. <laughs> so, what have we got this time? Light bulb. Light bulb. Whoops, sorry. Not showing much light. Anything we need to do with it that might show us more light? Put it in the lamp. I'll put it in the lamp. If I can get the screw in properly. Here we are. Put it in the lamp. Oh, he needs plugging in, does he? Oh, right. <laughs> Hang up. Yeah, I've plugged it in. I will switch it on, okay. <laughs> yeah, when we put, plug, our, plug it into the power and switch the power on, that's when the light works. Like the light bulb, we needed, need to be connected to the power. In John 15, verse 5, Jesus said, Apart from me, you can do nothing. We need his power, we need the Holy Spirit's power before we can actually do anything for the Lord. In the book of Acts, we see how the disciples were transformed after receiving the Holy Spirit. Previously, they'd been frightened people, people who hid themselves away. 
But when the Holy Spirit came, it transformed them into bold men and women, and they spoke the truths of God and shared his love with others. And in Acts 2, I noticed the other day, I've probably noticed it before, it just came back to me, we learned that the power came to rest on each of them individually. They worked as a group, but it was on each individual person. And I know that's what we're praying for as a leadership, that we would all receive God's power and that we would be able to know and be powerful in, in him. Right, another bag. Go on, James, you can do this one. <laughs> there isn't anybody else here. Doesn't want to come out. So, what have we got? A toy, a toy car. And the car has different lights on it. I didn't want to bring a proper one into the. <laughs> but, um, so what sort of lights has a car got? Side lights, headlights, indicator lights, yes. Indicator lights are supposed to tell us where people are going, if people use it or use them. Uh, if the car is going to go right or left, or sometimes they indicate left and go right, and all sorts of things can happen. But God guides us in the way we should go, and he shows us how to stay on the right road. And he uses his word and other ways of teaching us this. Isaiah 30 verse 21 says, Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, This is the way, walk in it. And I actually had that happen to me a few weeks back. I went on a girls' brigade retreat weekend, and on the Sunday morning we went for a walk. We were all given, well, groups, different groups of us were given maps. We were all in one group. But, um, and the group in front of me had stopped at this junction and we were just standing waiting for them to decide which way we were going. Um, when I was, I was just standing there and this voice from behind me whispered in my ear, you need to turn right. I thought, oh. <laughs> but it was actually a, lady, a local lady who was walking past but I didn't expect her to come up or anything. And just suddenly this voice appeared in my ear saying you need to turn right it just reminded me of that verse it's what god does to us or for us he, he comes from behind us and says this is the way you need to go this is the way walk in it and jesus himself said in matthew 7 verses 13 and 14 enter through the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it. I wonder what road we're on today. I know that verse is referring perhaps to us when we become followers of Jesus. This is the route you need to follow. But it also applies to us in our daily lives once we become Christians. We still need to be on the right road. We still need to be on the narrow road. I've got a picture for the next one. If, if the, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, this, I do need to change over, sorry. I meant to do that earlier. <clears throat> so we have the moon. 
been some spectacular moons recently, I understand, not that I've seen them, but, uh, but the moon doesn't have its own light. It gets its light from the sun. It reflects the sun's light back to us. And that's what we're called to do as well. We're called to reflect the light of Jesus in and through our lives. In 2 Corinthians 3, it talks about when Moses had been with God on the mountaintop. And when he came down back to the people, he had to put a veil over his face because it shone with the glory of God. And in verse 18 of chapter 3, it says, And we who with unveiled faces reflect the Lord's glory. I wonder, are we actually reflecting the Lord's glory in our lives? Hard, I know, but something that we're called to do. Next picture. A lighthouse. Lighthouse has a bigger beam, obviously, than the torch or the candle. And um, it shines across the sea. It gives warning to ships that there are hazards, there are rocks or there are cliffs nearby. And our Bible is like a lighthouse. It's full of warnings from God so that we don't perish on the rocks, but we're kept safe. It warns us that if we're not willing to turn from the wrong things that we have in our lives or do and turn to God asking him to help us and to live within us, then we won't be with him in heaven. It also gives us warnings of how we should live our lives on a daily basis. Jesus told Nicodemus in the famous verse in John 3:16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Are we certain that we have that eternal life? And our next picture. A laser beam, that's what that is apparently. <laughs> A laser beam's a very fine, thin light, but it's an intense light. And I understand if people shine laser beams up into the sky, they can affect airplanes if they catch where the pilot is. So it can go quite a long way. But laser beams are also, or lasers are used in operations as well, I believe. And they can be used to cut away the bad bits and to bring healing to bodies and they can make things new and God's there to do that for us too he wants to take away the bad things and make all things new for us just as we read in John 3:16 he doesn't have a laser beam but his word is sharper than a two-edged sword like James has got <laughs> And he, it says it cuts away sinews and muscles. and So he doesn't need a laser beam, but he has the same effect. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, 
the new has come. We can be that new creation if we're willing to allow God into our lives. Not just a new creation once we've given our lives to Jesus, but an ongoing new creation. There's always something new that God can do in our lives. Next time you look at a light, however dim it might be, think about what God says about lights. And remember that Jesus also said of himself, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. We are called to be lights as followers of Jesus. We're called to be lights in this dark world. We shouldn't hide our faith. We should be willing to share it with those who don't know about Jesus. But we're only lights because Jesus is the light of the world. We're reflecting his light and because he lives in us. And Matthew 5 verse 16 says, In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. We're not shining to get praise for ourselves. We're shining to bring glory to God. Are we willing to share Jesus with others? Have you noticed how in the dark, when you've got a light on, moths get drawn to it? That's how our light should shine, that we should draw Jesus, um, to people to Jesus through our light shining. So what kind of light do you think you are? Are you a little candle light? A reflective light? A light full of power? A light that guides people in the right way, away from danger? Or a light that brings healing to others? Matthew 5 verse 14 says, you are the light of the world. And we're called to be salt and light, each one of us. We might, be, we might feel like we're a little candle at the moment, or just one of these lights but we can become other types of light. And in each light is needed. We can't even be more one light, of one light ourselves. I've got another candle to light. If um, Simon could just light that one. There is someone in the world that will try and put our light out don't let Satan do that. I mean, he tried to distinguish the light of the world, Jesus, when he was killed on the cross. But he couldn't do that. Satan will only disting, disting, extinguish sorry, our light if we allow him to. Do you want to blow the candle out for me, James, <laughs> as your nearest? Thank you. So don't let Satan blow you out like that. Keep your light shining. Keep it shining in the darkest times. Keep it shining wherever you are. And it's not going to work because it was supposed to come to light again. <laughs> it was a dud one. <laughs> but 
but we can keep shining for the Lord. Whatever we're going through, I know it's hard when it's hard times, joyous times or bad times, we can still shine for the Lord. Get immersed in God's word. Ask him to fill you with his Holy Spirit to give you the power to cope. Then your light will still shine even when Satan tries to put it out. I just wanted to read a couple of, well, some verses. One in Isaiah chapter 60, the first three verses. If we can just find that. Without turning the... It says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. And in Ephesians chapter 5, uh, verse 8 onwards, it says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. For it is light that makes everything visible. Be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. So as we move into this week, let's remember that we are lights shining in this world, lights that shine and reflect the love of God, and how we can be uh, his light to others as we meet them.